I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Uh, as always, a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 30 minutes in radio, but we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we are going to, uh, we're going to go right at it today. We don't have, we don't have time to mess around. Uh, we are very pleased to be joined uh, today by the Atlantic's own McKay Coppins, uh, who has just a, a brilliant piece out today. Uh, McKay, thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. Thanks for having me, Boyd. All right. So your your piece today uh, is awesome in in that you take on many of the political cliches of the day. Uh, but one of the cliches is is actually a really important concept in terms of having a conversation. Uh, but you gave some really interesting examples uh, from the uh, presidential debate on the Democratic side and a, and a host of others. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you were thinking as you were putting this piece together for The Atlantic. Yeah, so this is kind of a uh, uh, something I noticed watching the Democratic primary debates last week. But as I kind of did some more research, I found that it's a cliche that's endemic in our, our politics right now. And it's, uh, it's politicians, specifically presidential candidates, calling for a national conversation about one issue or another. It's kind of this catch-all cop-out that's deployed when a candidate wants to get a, get out of kind of discussing the specifics of uh, a given policy issue. So, uh, for example, Beto O'Rourke uh, was asked uh, what he would do with U.S. troops in Syria, and he said he wanted to see a national conversation on the matter. When he was asked about the Green New Deal, he said he wanted he thought it was a perfect point from which to start a conversation. Um, Mayor Pete Buttigieg asked about a universal in, uh, basic income, thinks we should have a conversation about it. Uh, Cory Booker said we should have a national conversation on adding justices to the Supreme Court. goes on and on and on. The thing that you realize as you listen to these candidates, though, is that it's this kind of cliche is almost always deployed as a way of avoiding an actual conversation rather than offering their detailed views on a matter. If they don't want to give those views, they say, oh, we should have a national conversation on that. And then kind of that that's their out. That's how they get out of it. Yeah, I think that's such an important point, McKay, is that uh, often this is not the beginning of a conversation. It ends the discussion uh, is right. is what's often happening there. Uh, and I think one of the other interesting things, uh, too, uh, and you allude to this in your article, and that is that that so often uh, this phrase, this let's you know, let's have a national conversation about it. It's usually part of a sweeping generality statement, whether it's about the Green New Deal or whether it's about Syria or whatever it may be. 
and so often we allow our politicians to get away with these sweeping generalities followed by a pivot out as opposed to actually having the discussion. Right. I mean, you know, I write in the piece about Marianne Williamson, who is the kind of author and self-help guru who's running this long shot bid uh, for president in the Democratic primary. And she got a lot of, uh, of scorn last week because she kept uh, interjecting during the debate to say that her opponents were too focused or too bogged down in policy details. And, uh, and she kept saying, you know, Donald Trump isn't going to be beaten just by somebody who has plans. Um, And so, you know, she got mocked for that by a lot of people, a lot of pundits and observers. But the reality is this is something that a lot of politicians do on both sides of the aisle. They they kind of veer toward feel-good abstractions rather than offering concrete policy because the feel-good abstractions are safer and easier, right? Rather than having to be held accountable and answer questions and come under scrutiny for your specific policy programs that you're proposing, it's easier to just kind of nod toward vague generalities and then hope nobody will ask you specific questions. Right, Uh, exactly. If you're just joining us, we have uh, McKay Cuppins on the line from The Atlantic, uh, wrote a great piece today about uh, a lot of the conversations that uh, came out have been coming out of the uh, Democratic debates from last week. And uh, I, I want to drill down just on, on one other uh, point that you make in your, your article, McKay, uh, and that is that, again, we, we're we not getting to these specifics. I did. I about fell off my chair uh, when it was, hey, we're not going to win if we have plans. We're only going to win if we have big ideas. Uh, that That's pretty stunning if that's, where we, if that's the point we've gotten to in our national politics, that uh, having a plan is no longer a safe space to be in as a politician. Yeah, you know, although I will say there's an old kind of political adage that you hear among uh, political strategists and campaign consultants who say that you, you're supposed to campaign in poetry and govern in prose, mm-hmm. uh, which is, means, you know, when you run a presidential campaign, really any campaign, but especially a campaign for the presidency, you do want to have big themes that kind of unite all of your your ideas and your policies. And, and that is what tends to rally voters, right? It, it, it is, there's some truth to this idea that voters aren't going to gravitate toward the candidate who just has the kind of wonkiest white papers uh, that, that right. are turned out by campaign specialists. On the other hand, the, the themes, the, the big ideas, the big themes should come out of and inform your policy proposals. And if you're too afraid to stake out positions on these hot button issues, even if there are positions that might be unpopular with the voters that you're trying to win over, then you probably shouldn't be running for president. I mean, that that's, I think, I'm not big on litmus tests, but I think one of the litmus tests that we should have for our leaders is that they're willing to tell us what they think, even when it's unpopular, and to defend those positions uh, and, uh, and, you know, not shy away from big contentious debates that are happening and the conversations that are already ongoing in our our country. Yeah, exactly right. And I, and I do think it's, uh, it, it is the, uh, uh, too many candidates get caught in the, you know, consultant certified pollster approved language. Uh, because if you look at it from a business standpoint, yes, you, you have to have those grand visions, those poetry moments. Uh, but the thing that I've always found is that when we talk about things in generalities, we very rarely succeed. But when we when we talk about them in the specific, 
we very rarely fail. And so learning to thread that needle, I think, in our, our public discourse uh, maybe is something we should have a conversation about. McKay, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> let's have a con- let, Let's just continue the conversation. I don't think we need to start any new conversations. They're already happening. <laughs> That's right. And we're actually gonna we're gonna take a deeper look at this in our next segment. Uh, just talking about what actually generates excitement and engagement online, because I think you've you've hit another important thing: is a lot of candidates are not as worried about the specific plan because those plans aren't getting any traction online. There's no Twitter, there's no Facebook, there's no Instagram uh, that's really leading people to the specifics. They they want that high-level uh, kind of uh, political cotton candy, so to speak, uh, as, a, as opposed to the substance. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no question. And even worse than that, I think one of the things that we're seeing in these campaigns is that the thing that voters kind of most often respond to and most viscerally respond to is negative partisan partisanship, mm. which is to say attacks on the other side. And, you know, the you see this all the time, both in the Democratic primary, certainly with President Trump, that that the way to rally your voters to get them excited is to go after the other side, to demonize them, to talk about right. how evil they are. And, and, you know, that's all fine and good. And I think there is value in making clear what you're against. But if you're not also going into detail about what you're for, uh, then you're kind of, you know, you're wasting a lot of the voters' time, I think. No question. All right. McKay Coppins uh, from The Atlantic. The the piece is uh, on The Atlantic today. Uh, actually, Conversations Are Bad is the title. Uh, it is definitely worth a read. McKay is uh, not only one of the great writers uh, in our country, but uh, that stems from being a great thinker. Uh, McKay, thanks for being with us today on Inside Sources. Thanks, Boyd. All right. Very good. McKay Coppins from The Atlantic. When we come back, we will be joined by Herb Scribner. We're going to break down some of the things we've been talking about uh, with McKay. We're going to look at the numbers. What actually drives interest and engagement online as it relates to some of these political issues? I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us on KSL News Radio.